And what comes first? That depends if you have a lot of cash to like build and deploy all the assets, including hire a team that you need so that you can grow fast without being profitable. You can invest a lot of money. Hello there and welcome to our new Ask ECO Q&A session here at the Virtual Frontier. In our session today, we are going to talk about growth with profitability. Growth and profitability are both important components when we talk about the success of a company. But what comes first, growth or profitability? How do you get profitable quickly without burning money and resources for years while growing your organization? What can you do to build a scalable and resilient business model? These and more questions we will tackle today. See you in just a flash on the other side. Yeah, hello, Manu. Welcome to a new Q&A session here at the Virtual Frontier. Uh, our topic today is um, growth of profitability. Um, before we start off with uh, diving into the different aspects of that, maybe you would like to um, elaborate a little bit on um, what means growth and uh, profitability in the first place and what, what comes first. Uh, do you grow first or do you get profitable uh, in the first place? Uh, what, what you should look for? Yeah, good question. So what's the difference? I mean, profitability is, I think, clear. You need to look at which profitability is it cross profit, which is like your revenue minus direct costs that you pay to create the products and services that your clients order, or is it the entire profitability of your of your business, so called EBIT or EBITDA? So what 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 stays in the end of the year on your bank account, if you want it like this? So this is uh, profitability and growth. Yeah, what do you want to measure as growth? Can be Growth of employee count can be growth of revenue, can be growth of profits, right? But what is typically referred to as growth, I would say, is um, revenue growth. And what comes first, that depends if you have a lot of cash to like build and deploy all the assets, including hire a team that you need so that you can grow fast without being profitable. You can invest a lot of money in acquiring customers, so paying money to win clients, right? Because you think that like after a year or in two years or when you have the entire market, then you can become profitable. And this is the typical growth strategy of funded startups that have venture capital. They have this money to acquire the market and then care how they can be profitable um, or how they can make the entire business profitable after some years. But for for growth hacking, for... for um, bootstrapped businesses like most service-based businesses, I think you need to be profitable, really profitable from the first day. Right. Mm, you were just mentioning like um, sponsored startups with uh, yeah, with VCs or, or huge amount of capitals. And I was just thinking about an article I read, uh, was reading last week. Um, It was a startup, I, I don't even remember the name right now, and say, yeah, after 10 years, we got profitable and stopped burning money, right? And say, okay, after 10 years, this is a lot of money. So um, w w when there's a 
when you should look there for a balance between pushing for growth um, without getting um, profitable in the in the first place. Um, so there's a lot of disbalance happening in the in the market right now. Where, where could could I li- uh, draw the line? Maybe. You know, I can just speak from experience when it comes to bootstrapping a business because I always like try to be profitable from day one. And I always build my business that I just use the cash flow and the money to reinvest it in the business to make it grow further. But I never like uh, got, got a VC or business angel that gave me a huge amount of money to invest it upfront in the business and then just look if we can become profitable. I think, I think personally, it's dangerous to just grow a business with hope that someday it will be profitable as I mean, the fundamental law in our economy is that you need to be profitable, right? You need to create a value. Otherwise, the business cannot survive. You always need more money if you just burn money instead of being profitable. And that cannot survive like endlessly. I mean, after 10 years, okay, obviously somehow it works. And if they, Amazon also had this strategy in the beginning, right? They never were profitable in the beginning, but they, they acquired the entire market by offering high efficient cheap services to and with easy access to like a very broad market and now as their operations became so efficiently and they have such a huge market share then they make a lot of money but you need to be patient to i, I would not be able to do this honestly i believe in profitability from the first day i would not have the patience to wait 10 years and hope and hope and hope until my business gets profitable because I have the belief that profitability is one very important success measure. And I cannot see my bank account always being negative or just burning money and then needing more money from investors um, and still feeling myself as successful. Mm-hmm. But that's just mm-hmm. my personal yeah, perspective. That's what we're looking today for also. Um, then, then let's uh, switch the coin. What happens uh, with a business that is profitable without growth? It will die. <laughs> because the market, I think the market grows further and then the business shrinks in relation to the market. And then also the profitability shrinks because money gets, um, yeah, discounted every year. So I think you have to grow you have no other choice. What happens um, also a lot um, is there, there, there's an imbalance between um, growing projects on the one side and then on the other side, you're having like this, this, uh, decreasing, these decreasing profits, uh, because you're, you're growing too fast on, on, on the project side and you need to invest much, much more resources. Um, how could you tackle that in, in, in the short, maybe in the midterm? I didn't understand that. That was too much. Sorry. <laughs> maybe you can, uh, yeah, rephrase that question. Um, so, so there's, there's often an imbalance between like, um, having a, a growing projects on the one side, they are growing really fast. And then, um, on the other side, uh, your, your profits are not growing at the same, at the same speed. So what, what could you do about that? Yeah. There's Maybe a difference between profit and cash flow, right? That's important to understand because you can be profitable, but still not make money. For example, yeah, if we're talking about projects. If you have a fixed price, fixed scope contract, that means you do the work, you pay your staff, you pay freelance or subcontractors, but you just get maybe paid when the project is completed and delivered. That means you burn money every month and in the end you get paid, hopefully. And then you have a negative cash flow over many months. That means you have a demand for money, even if you might be profitable as the hours you um, 
the hourly rate you pay to your team members is lower, maybe a, a lot lower than the hourly rate your clients pay you, right? If that if that is a big difference, then you are profitable in this in the unique economics. But still, if you don't get the money or only after you deliver the entire project, then you have a problem with cash flow, and that is a big problem. Um, now, I think this is the most important thing you should look at when you do projects or provide services where you don't get paid upfront, but only after you delivered. Um, I think this is the most important answer to, to your question that you should look at cash flow in the first place, then at profitability, and then at growth. Because if you grow fast, you can be profitable in your, um, in your earned value. I mean, in the, in the difference between how much your clients pay you and how much you have to spend to provide services and buy the goods and services to deliver to your clients. But when this um, is not enough to cover your fixed costs and you grow further, your business just sucks more cash further. So it burns more money when you grow further and that's dangerous. Is, is there anything you can prevent this in, in, in upfront? As just mentioned, there are a lot of unknown factors in, in this game. Um, probably the, The project is not uh, finished right on time, so maybe there's some delay on that side. Maybe the demands grows between in the project. This can yeah. be probably uh, avoided, but uh, can you prepare for that somehow? Yeah, of course. You can design your business model in a way that you get charged upfront and then provide the service and pay for the resources. Then you have a positive cash flow. That is the first thing. Um, you can do this in the project business or you can do it in service-based businesses. If you, for example, develop a marketplace where you have small transactions, like transactions of hundreds of euros, and then the marketplace just earns 10%, which means an internal revenue of 10 euro per 100 euro transaction. I mean, you, you need to have a lot of transaction to earn a lot of money with this 10 euro in, in, um, yeah, in internal revenue. And to be able to have a lot of transactions, you need a very good, efficient, and scalable infrastructure. And you need to build that first, and then you need to maintain it. That all creates fixed costs. So that's a high-risk business model, marketplaces, right? But everything everything where you provide services, and if you design your business model and your contracts in the right way to deliver projects, then you can be profitable and have a positive cash flow. And this is how you prevent this uh, problem of growing means just losing more money. Yeah. Why, why is a, a flexible mindset in, in a disruptive market for, for any leader um, like really indispensable and like just be talking about this moving parts uh, between the project profits and uh, income? Um, so why, why is uh, like this flex flexible mindset really important? I think that's really important, especially when you build up a product or an infrastructure that should be scalable and also when you want to have teams that scale like with freelancers because the economy goes up and down and up and down and it this change happens faster every year so you need to adapt and adjust in a shorter period of time and of course that requires flexibility otherwise you make a plan and you stick to the plan and you are so so static with that plan and hope and hope but if circumstances change your plan your plan is uh, invalid And then you need to be flexible and adjust your plan instead of staying with the plan and try to make it work, even if the environment changed. Mm -hmm. 
how can I work on this flexibility um, if I'm really <laughs> like this this con control and plan, plan planner? Um, so I, I I need help there. <laughs> I think expose yourself to change and try to deal with change instead of ignoring it. I think that's a that's a personal issue and that take years. I mean, if you are used to think static and you want to have stability and that gives you security and that's how you identify yourself and your success. It's really hard to transition to a flexible mindset and to be more flexible. That's easier than said. But yeah, as everything, mother is the repetition of all skills. You need to do it and then do it better and improve and this over a long period of time and then you will get there. It's like with everything else that you want to learn. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, the scalability of, of a business. Um, Why is uh, scalability like really important in the f uh, in the first place? Or maybe you can define and, and tell us uh, uh, in the first place what is scalability in the business, and maybe um, also explain the upside and the the, the up upscaling and the downscaling on the other side. Yeah, I think it is not so important to have a scalable business. It's not important per se, but it's important if you want your business to grow further without growing your fixed costs at the same ratio or without growing your workload when you are the business owner being in the middle trying to keep all the balls in the air juggling with all the variables, right? Because when, when you grow and that grows the complexity, then everything is just more expensive to manage and to, to deal with. So I think this is, um, yeah, that, that's very important. But if you want to build a business that scales, you first need to have very clear structures in how you deliver the services. You need to have a very well-defined offer. Even if you are a service provider, you cannot do everything always individually. This won't scale at all. It will just scale your workload and your problems. You need to have like a productized offer that, is, um, that you can always deliver in the same way with a repeatable process. You can customize it with customized components, but then it's still productized if your components are well-defined. And that's how you scale a service-based business. And then you can create quality standards to deliver these services with a repeatable process, which is more efficient, makes you more money. So that scales. And yeah, if you develop software, I mean, that's the, that's the ultimate manifestation of a productized service, right? It's, it's all in a software. You need to make every single piece Every single bit explicitly available. Everything needs to be explicitly defined. And it needs to be defined in a way that it works, right? And then you can, you can scale that. And this is what most businesses, service businesses in particular, lack. They lack a clear offer. Then it's always individual. So the teams don't know how to deliver that. And then it's the business owner as the smartest person that needs to go into the operations and fight the fires and handle all the escalations that start burning. And on the other side, clients are not satisfied because they buy a one-time offer. And how can you deliver quality when you, when you do things just the first time, which happens when you do things always individually. So that's why standardization, productization, systemization, digitization, and then automation are the fundamental things to make a business scalable. Yeah. And how, how does like uh, creating or adding like constantly new value for your customers or for your clients place into this. Like this, is, this is, uh, seems to me really important uh, what, what you just also mentioned about like fixing things and, and providing uh, um, uh, solutions for your clients to the problems. Yeah, if you provide one stable service that can be 
delivered with a repeatable process, you can improve that process and make it more valuable. In other words, that means you deliver the same services with less failures, and this is more efficient, causes less work, and creates more profits, and your team gets less stressed. So I think yep. you, you cannot improve when you always deliver everything individually. Then it's a one-time thing. That's a typical project. You can get better in doing and managing projects, but this won't necessarily make the outcome better. But when you deliver one service with the same components, and for example, you are a marketing service provider and you build sales funnels, right? Then you always have the, the same components. You have your opt-in page, you have your sales page, thank you page, you have cold traffic campaigns, warm traffic campaigns, and these things, right? And tracking system. These are the deliverables. And if you set them always up, you become really good at it. Your team becomes really good at it. You can create quality standards for these components and deliver the same service with a repeatable process and make it better and better. And that increases also the value for your clients, which means you can charge higher prices in the next year instead of decreasing them as you sell commodity services that everyone sells. And then it's just about the price. This is a down, uh, a down race of ever decreasing prices. Yeah. Mm. How does uh, building a scalable business could help you to be a more resilient uh, organization or yeah, why, why and how, how, how is it uh, done? Yeah, I think because you need to make things more explicitly available and that brings clarity to your team. And when your team has more clarity and transparency, then they can work self-managed, right? If, if you lack that clarity and it's always individual all the time, so in other words, a non-scalable business, um, yeah, then your teams, they get stressed, they do unmeaningful work, just fighting the fires, handling problems. And if you have a scalable business, that means you have things very well organized and systemized and you made things explicitly available. And I think this is, yeah, this is the, the basis for that. Okay. Um, last questions for today, Manu, um, from my side, how does, um, Oh, what, what benefits you have uh, working with virtual teams um, in, in, uh, specifically um, when thinking about growth and profitability or on, on the other side, um, what, what benefits are uh, behind that working with virtual teams? Yeah, so first of all, they force you to make things explicitly available as you don't have accidental meetings at the water cooler to solve problems. You have to find a place to communicate, communicate things explicitly, clearly, um, and intentionally otherwise it won't happen so if you have that or in other words if you don't have that remote work and virtual teams will show you that things don't work and then it's not remote work it's your lack of communication structure but once you get that right and you know how your teams should collaborate in a digital way in an explicit way then more knowledge is in your business available because you can create videos for onboarding that happens then automatically instead of having meetings all the time right and you can also use automation to make explicit express processes more efficient in other words automated and once you have that you can scale your teams even like cloud technology up and down with global freelancers and what that means is that you only have to pay people when you have i mean when you are working in projects when you have projects when you have paid work and that will reduce your fixed costs but if you just roll with full-time employees in volatile project markets right 
One month you have a lot of revenue with many projects. Next month you don't have a lot of revenue, but still your fixed costs. And when you have the fixed costs and you increase them with every new project, they eat your heart and profits faster than you can reduce them. And that creates a lot of stress, especially on the business owner, as typically this is the only person caring about the business profitability. So that's, that's crucial to keep your fixed costs low and still have quick and fast access to skilled talent at the right time when you need them and at prices that fit into your budget to stay profitable. Mm. Awesome. Manu, anything that I missed or you would like to add? Yes, today I had a very good experience with, with a tool um, that, that is, I think, that, that shows how when your processes and your entire delivery system, your quality standard is really systemized, then you can then you can first define roles with skills and then find people that have the skills to work in this role. And in future, and I think the future is already now, you can fill some roles with AI tools. Because you remember, Daniel, when we tested this copywriting tool Jarvis to get copy written with a press of a button, mm -hmm. and we decided it didn't work. And it didn't work as we didn't know for which part we should use it and how. But now as mm -hmm. we have a complete blueprint of a funnel with templates, when we use which copy in our funnel, this tool works awesome. And I'm doing now an experiment to, um, to not hire a copywriter, but use Jarvis and rebuild my entire funnel with copy from Jarvis and then let it compete with my other funnel and then see what is more profitable. And I'm really excited about that. But you can only do this when you know what you need, the deliverable, and then which skills you need to create a deliverable. And then you find mm. either a person that has the skills or you put in an AI tool that does the work and brings the skill. And I think this is the future of work. And that's why businesses need to systemize and digitize. Otherwise, they get eaten up by these tools instead of leveraging these tools. Yeah, no, no. really wise. Yeah. Manu, thank you very much for your time and your insights. Um, see you next week on our next session. Thank you. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We hope you found this session helpful. Head back to our in-depth blog article on growth with profitability in your work. Did we miss something in this conversation? How can we do better so you'll get more value out of our content? Let us know in the comments and reviews below how you treat the aspect of growth and profitability within your organization. We love to read and respond to your comments. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button, give us a thumb up and share the session around with your friends and colleagues so they can take advantage of this content too. Sign up for the free business builder training on fleshup.io and learn more about how to scale with your business at any time, work with global top talents and make work better. On behalf of the team here at the Virtual Frontier, I want to thank you for listening. And always remember, keep exploring new frontiers.